0: Hello, and welcome to a special edition of ZoomCron. This is not a week in review. This is not an interview. This is something different. This is a story. This is not my story. But in order to assess this story, I have brought Allie here with me tonight. Hi. So story time happens at nighttime. I know this because I do have kids, and I um, have participated in what is called story time, This story time is going to be a little bit different. Um, I teased you earlier, Allie. You did. Earlier today, you you got the, the premise that on May 14th, 2019, Lifeguard Group founders Lowell and Tammy Hochalter encountered a woman asking for a dollar outside a coffee shop in Missoula and immediately knew what they had to do. What did they do? Well, so that's what I said this morning. I read you this little... Little blip this morning, with with the idea that in order to go through this story, which you have not read, I haven't. You are in the in the dark. You are blind. Um, you are looking at the screen because it suddenly got dimmer for for no reason. Um, wh- how many times have I told you technology cannot be understood? It just stops working and then starts working for no reason.
1: I have faith that it will. Yes, work. and I
0: know that you got this technology tonight to start working where I was failing. Um, and I give you kudos because now we get to record this and you're pointing to God. I, I, hear, I hear that. I hear what, or I see what you were saying. Um, we're going to have a story time now. Ooh, are, nice. Are you ready? I'm very ready. So the reason why um, I, I need you here to listen to this and the reason why I'm going to read this is because you and I both have a sense of what best practices is in the nonprofit world when working with marginalized populations. Sure. So, you know, you've worked in the nonprofit sector. You've you've helped sort of walk minors through the criminal justice system. Um, I have worked at the Pavarello Center, and I've worked at Missoula Aging Services. You know, just earlier today, I was mentioning um, my work at Missoula Aging Services yeah. as Mountain Line, as there was a conversation on a public Facebook group. That's right. And and Bill Burt was was also reminded of, of some of my work at the Pavarillo Center. So it's nice. It's nice that you and I have experiences that lend credibility to what we have to say and what we have to um, the tools that we have to analyze whether or not the story you are about to hear represents best practices from <laughs> a couple who has started their, their dream of having an anti-trafficking nonprofit here in Montana. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. So this story, um, as we've established is it occurred on May 14th, 2019, and I'm going to read it and we will be pausing throughout the the story so that we can talk about stuff like best practices.
1: Okay. I've not heard this. I'm a clean slate. So uh, the reactions are in real time.
0: Do you have a dollar? She couldn't have said it any quieter or meeker. I heard what she said, but I knew that that was not what she really wanted or needed. Tammy and I had just finished a delicious iced Americano at our favorite coffee shop, and I wasn't ready to go back to work. So I convinced her to take a short walk with me in the sunshine. We had gotten a block, and that is where we realized that it was more than just an afternoon stroll. That's when I heard the murmured statement, Do you have a dollar? She said. We walked in her direction, and I said to her, What did you say? She immediately stared, um, started backing up, waving her hands in the air, and loudly said, I don't want a dollar. I don't need a dollar. I know, I replied. There is a reason that we walked down the sidewalk to meet you today. We spent the next hour and a half talking about what we had gotten her to that point. Uh, What had gotten her to that point. She told me she was ready to end the life that she was living. She didn't want to end her life, but she needed this life to be over. Pause. Okay, so first of all, I'm confused when I first I, even read I that was
1: confused. I was actually doing the timeout sign because yeah. I was confused about the narrator and who he was referring to
0: Right. So this is um, the, the full story from Lowell himself. That's how okay. that's how the premise is before this narrative even begins, it's in Lowell's words. I am confused because do you have a dollar is the quote that begins the story. But then it's kind of like it goes, I think it goes back in time a bit to Tammy and Lowell enjoying their delicious iced Americano. Um, so so I convinced her to take a short walk. He's actually referring to Tammy at that point.
1: Oh, I, I thought it was the person asking for the dollar. Exactly. So- I'm also a visual person, so it's hard for me to just like listen.
0: So, and and, and as the audience is trying to follow along, yeah. right? That actually was confusing because it my truly my is. my assumption is that they'd already made contact with this person yeah. panhandling them, and they they were walking the person down. And like, at that
1: point, she then asks for yeah, a second time for right. a dollar.
0: No, so so okay. okay, and we will get going into the meat of the story because there is a lot more to get into. But we have established that. Tammy and Lowell come out of a coffee shop. They go for a stroll. It's more than a stroll. And then the first and only time they hear a woman ask for a dollar.
1: Wait, but then I'm confused because from what I gathered from what you said, the person was like, no, I don't want a dollar. And I just imagine in my mind's eye, like this, this lady, like waving them off, like, please leave me alone. Is that, I mean, what was the visual? I'm, I'm help me understand what's happening here
0: I, I i i will try and help you um i myself am a bit confused I mean, I mean, because is that
1: what you pictured
0: so i've worked in a homeless shelter and i've i've seen plenty of panhandling situations see people
1: waving people off don't give No, me money"? i
0: don't i don't understand it's kind of like i can see maybe a person like being reluctant to engage with a a person but they were asking for money she but was asking for money
1: ask for money and then wave them off <laughs>
0: Because she felt embarrassed, you know, because maybe maybe Lowell so quickly saw past her her like stated need and found the real need in her heart. Maybe maybe she was just I
1: just I mean, I don't even want to extrapolate like what might be going on subterf because I don't even freaking understand what's happening.
0: Let's continue the story
1: (laughs) on the surface. So
0: this we are we will continue the story now. We reached out to every resource that we knew had the potential to help. Many of those resources were, quote, closed. That was a hard one for me, for us. Closed? At risk never closes. Vulnerable never closes. The hurting still hurt after 5 o'clock. That's true. It is true. Um, also true, the YWCA um, is able to help people after 5 o'clock. So yeah. there are resources available. That's
1: presuming a certain cert- set of circumstances.
0: Right. There are criteria right. that have to be met. Um, but the the initial depiction um, may be accurate with the, what they confronted, wh- which was a lack of resources after the 5 p.m. Was the time.
1: woman houseless? Is like that what we're to deduce?
0: You may want to deduce that. You may want to assume that. I don't know if that is an assumption that is accurate, but let us continue. Okay. Our new friend went over to the park, away from the crowds. We begged her to stay clean. Wow, that's, that that escalated quick.
1: Whoa, because a question in my mind was: Is this person intoxicated? Potentially, yeah. I kind of gathered maybe.
0: Mm. Um,
1: I'm, yeah.
0: So um, after we talk about at risk, never closing, vulnerable, never closing, their new, f- her, their new friend, Tammy and Lowell's new friend um, goes over to the park away from the crowds. We begged her to stay clean. I will. I want to. I want help. She cried. It wasn't like we were the first ones to see her. There had been plenty that had seen her before this moment. They were willing to give her what she thought she wanted. But certainly a dollar. Yeah. uh, Did she
1: refuse refuse other people's dollars, too? I don't know.
0: But certainly not what she needed. They were the ones in want. Ooh, This is where Lowell flips it on the people giving her money, saying the people giving her money were the ones in want. They were the ones in want. They wanted something that she had. Her dignity, her body, her! Exclamation point. They didn't see the true value of who she was
1: wait okay pause so i'm genuinely trying to to track here i like, think
0: maybe they had too much caffeine because I, after a after a, uh, an americano suddenly we're, we're like she wants to quit drugs i don't drink Lo- coffee. lowell is seeing the true value in her you know he's noticed other people is, wanting is her body caffeine, is coffee and a
1: stimulant does that
0: i'm thinking maybe a strong like, stimulant in this case
1: but i'm genuinely like i'm really trying to understand here like are they insinuating that this person might be a prostitute is that i think so is that kind of the
0: yeah
1: the or is that a presumption being made it's kind of unclear to me
0: so the the sense of how much time has elapsed is not clear in this narrative but getting back to this narrative um, because there there's actually a lot more we're okay. gonna have to read through. Um, they didn't see. This
1: is a scary bedtime story. I know, I get, I know. I it's to
0: not say. gonna make you have good good dreams. They didn't see the true value of who she was. They would never know of the college scholarships that she was offered. How does Lowell know about this? Um, they they really didn't care that people would pay money just to get her advice on how to improve their physical appearance. Okay, no. They weren't interested in any of that. They just needed her to be vulnerable. The more vulnerable, the better.
1: Wait, first of all, how I, I'm, and I'm genuinely trying to follow the narrative here, so please pardon me. How do they know who these other people are? Like, is this, where, I guess where is we this just information to, coming
0: from? I don't know. I guess we have to assume, well, no, okay, so they said an hour and a half conversation. So they had an hour and a half conversation with this was, person. I
1: thought that wh- I thought that was the original walk. Okay, I'm, all right. See, this is why I read things and not just listen, but yes.
0: I, I know, and this is, this is a bit unfair having sprung this on okay. you. Okay. But I, I think there's value in trying to understand what's going on because <laughs> it is not well written. The time that that elapses, like all of this, it's very strange. So just
1: to catch me up to speed, some sort of walk has happened. Some ask for a dollar has been made and rejected. They continue to talk to this person, ask her to stay clean, insinuate that she's some sort of prostitute, and then condemn the people who have used her.
0: Or even the people that have given her money, they just they need her to stay vulnerable. Well, that's,
1: that's what it, I guess that's the part because obviously, like if people are using her, that's really messed up. But if people, I- is he inferring that there's some sort of exchange in the money that they give her? Like, I mean, that's, yeah, that's yeah. What I'm I, I
0: think that even that's being perceived okay. negatively by Lowell the Savior. So Everyone else is bad. Real only co- he can see but the value. I'm
1: real question, like, what's the difference between them giving her a dollar? And anyone else? Could, I mean that. Like
0: That is a real question. Okay. And and back to the story. Tammy told her that we would be back to pick her up. Ooh. After we found out what our next steps would be. Finally, the right person called back. Someone that was willing to step outside of protocol and see the person that was so desperate to find help. That's a red flag right there. So um, I remember reading that for the first time and. So they found someone willing to step outside of protocol.
1: And who's someone? I guess like what in protocol gives the impression that it's an actual legitimate agency or something that has protocols to follow. So I guess it, it depends on the nature of such an organization too.
0: It's interesting because I don't know if Lowell and Tammy have already established the lifeguard group at this point, but in in terms of protocols, Best practices is to have some kind of protocol in place, some kind of sure. um, rules of engagement, guidelines, you, you know. And so the fact that, like, we got this kind of Americano-slinging cowboy.
1: Well, its protocols are to protect the people that are being served as well as the people serving
0: yes so, so it
1: works both ways
0: an example would be when i worked at the shelter and we we especially knew there was let's say a um i'm a man if there was a a woman who we understood had a certain history we would make sure that staff knew not to be in a enclosed room by themselves sure. to avoid any possible perceptions right. that any action could be taken out of context so, you know we just want everyone to be safe right sure in a in a in a facility that is serving right. marginalized populations let us continue so um this right person called back this right person that knew the wrong i guess steps which weren't protocol a person that knew her weakness <laughs> who knew that her demons would revisit at first chance it was an hour plus when tammy showed up at the park to pick her up when Tammy came around, got our got, we'll see. When Tammy came around, got our, of our, <laughs> sorry. This is very poorly are written. Are you, are you okay? I'm not having a stroke. I was um, asked,
1: I was seriously going to ask that.
0: When Tammy came around, got out of our car, they, it's misspelled. She could see the look on our friend's face. You came back. I can't believe it. You came back. She squealed. Ugh. Of course I came back, Tammy countered. We told you we would be back. I know, but but a lot of people have told me that, and well, they don't. They just don't. The look on her face was the reason we do what we do. It was because we responded that we were able to see the glimpses of amazing in her life. To see the glimpses of amazing in her life. At one point, At one time, she had plans. At one time, she had dreams. At one time, she had money. At one time, she had control. That control was gone. It's those glimpses of amazing that not only motivate us, but sustain us. They sustain the mission. The mission to respond. Respond is in capital letters. Okay. Glimpses of amazing. We're getting kind of close to the end. When you make a promise to respond... You will begin to see the opportunities around you all of the time. You realize that it is one thing to promise and a whole other thing to actually show up. I agree with that, Lol.
1: I, I agree with that too.
0: Oftentimes to say a prayer and give a dollar is the easiest, most convenient thing to do. Responding will take you away from your plan. Frustrate those. Let's see, responding will take you away from your plan. Okay. Frustrate those who do not understand the mission and cause those who just don't get it to shake their heads and roll their eyes in disgust. Everybody wants to rescue, but few want to respond. Rescuers are acknowledged, awarded, recognized, and praised. The responders, however, end up with the broken heart, the tears, and the bill. the fuck? Our friend is in a good place right now. She has a great chance to succeed. And bury that old life that has held her down for so long. She's got a good shot at making it. If not this time, then the next. Wow. Okay. That's that's quite a story.
1: It's interesting, and I, in theory, understand the parts of it. You see someone who is down on their luck will say the instinct is to help and not help, I believe, in a superficial way, he's saying, of like a quick prayer and a a dollar there, but to actually respond in a meaningful way to the needs of the heart, if one can discern the needs of the heart, you know? And it's an interesting idea in theory, and I understand it, and I have done such things in my own life, Um, so I get it, but I think there were also some interesting aspects of that story where it can go sideways
0: yes definitely thoughts well you know in in terms of reading through this it's writing obviously i i can critique it just from a how how it's edited how he chose to show this um vulnerability see
1: I can't because I can't read it I don't have it in front
0: of me yeah you can't see it you are at a disadvantage with that um I I don't you know when I worked at the Pavarello Center unfortunately I built up a little bit of um suspicion around some of the faith-based helpers that would want to go um, outside the box you know um, why would you
1: be suspicious of them
0: Because I thought that some of these well-intentioned people didn't know what they were actually getting themselves into. Well, isn't
1: that just arrogant?
0: Totally. um, Probably. But also, um, are are you playing devil's advocate a bit?
1: I'm just asking questions. I'm asking questions from what potentially would be their perspective, right? Because you you are are just self-describing as an arrogant, secular, heartless person who doesn't like the Christian response. I I wanted to go home
0: at 5 p.m., clock out. I that
1: offensive.
0: (laughs) Well, no, but it's interesting. You and I both know someone from the faith-based world um, that was part of MIC, kind of started at MIC. And I remember he told me at one point um, this older lady that was homeless, like he put her up in his place for a couple days, I think. And it got a little weird, and you know he he, he thought better of it. I think in yeah. hindsight, he has kids, mm-hmm. so you know I would not I would not bring someone into my home right. like a wounded puppy or something, and, and like try sure. and like you know give them milk and and feed them food. There there are well intentioned things that like I, I guess you know as a service provider from the secular world, I recognized the limitations I had. I wasn't um, as driven by. The non-material, intangible things that you crazy Christians can sometimes be be motivated by. Hey, um, I don't know if that's good or bad. Y- you but know,
1: like part of hearing this story is—is is, do um, you hear it yourself it, in a this story? It's a mirror <laughs> to me, and it's like part of me is—I—I um, to say—somewhat like embarrassed and ashamed, and part of me is proud of it. Darn it. You know, it's it's a weird kind of confusing thing. Because you don't use
0: the word discernment, though. You do have yep. to kind of know when to step outside of what maybe the normal rules are. I mean, there are things I can agree with. Sure. Um, kind of like in a post that I am working on. I don't know if it'll be for tomorrow. It'll we'll probably go along with the story, but how we need legitimate organizations, and you, yeah. you need legitimate, genuine organizations that understand best practices, boundaries. Their only staff aren't just like their family, you know, red flags yeah. there. Um, and so th- some of the boundary issues I see here are th- and, and the, the, the weird flip on on the people that are just giving, you know, giving money out. This kind of like disdain for That's everyone else weird. in the story um, from this perspective of Lowell and Tammy being like the soul ab- the sole saviors. It's also
1: judging the motives of people who are ab- notably absent from the story. They right. don't have any dialogue in the story. We don't know who these supposed people are or if they exist. And so that's a little difficult. Um, but yeah, I, I f- so trust you, me, people listening to your perspective would definitely, uh, from sometimes a faith-based perspective, would say, you're just a callous, you know, secular service provider who looks down on people of faith in all of that trust me that, yeah, no, that I think a that's a,
0: and that might be a fair criticism of the the time I spent as a service provider.
1: However, on the flip side of things, people might think that faith-based people without understanding of best practices are naive, reckless, I mean, potentially, like, a danger to the people that they're serving in well, some so ways. Well,
0: so one of the stories I, I have told, I think, a, a bunch of times was the how I came to the realization of the need for boundaries within a facility that's serving all these different people, right? When um, you need to try and establish this um, sort of professionalism, doing something like giving a gift can – confuse the boundaries right and so it might not seem apparent to, to someone like why just giving a gift would be a bad thing right but um, one of the questions you always have to ask if you're going to do something for one client is would you do that for any other client or is it just for this one particular client so is there right. favoritism is there something going on already um, but giving a gift is more a uh, gesture from a like a like a friendship more than a um, service provider with a with a client. Maybe you think they can benefit from it, but is it within part of the program? Is it is it actually you know, and so the one time in my early w- working at the Poverillo Center, just giving a gift to a client that I thought um, it would be appreciated, but then when it came time to enforcing a rule saying you can't be here tonight because you violated rule, you're under the influence, you can't stay here tonight, the the betrayal of that is a lot more impactful because it's then Um, more of a a friendship thing. It's like, well, I thought I, you know, I thought we were friends. It's like, well, if I gave you that impression, that's my fault because this is a facility that's serving people and has rules and protocols to keep everyone safe. Yeah, you can't just say, okay, well, you know, we're gonna do what we can do in the moment, whatever it takes to get you in a better place. But maybe I am just a callous, cynical. Former, no, former I, service provider. I, so,
1: for the record, I actually don't think so. I have grown a lot in my perspective, and and have a greater appreciation than I ever did for protocols and boundaries and all of that within the service sector. Um, especially in direct care. This is kind of a unique situation because it seemed like it wasn't within the scope of what they were doing as an organization. It was two people on a walk who saw someone who asked for a dollar. So it's, th- that's a question, the public private question, right? Mm. Like where, where does one's personal life like transition into, so suppose that you belong to an organization but on your time off, you see someone in need. So it's a great area. Yeah, so,
0: so boundaries in terms of keeping the service provider able to do the work means that you're actually taking time for yourself. If you're having a coffee with your partner, you should have that time for yourself so you can continue doing the work when you're sort of like on and ready to do the work. And the reason why that's important is because Um, People can burn out. They can lose their shit. And Lowell Hochhalter on social media has kind of lost his shit from time to time um, towards people that don't always seem like they deserve the sort of like responses from someone that needs to have a kind of even tempered approach to working with marginalized populations. So the more that I look at videos of Lowell Hochhalter – and, and promoting the various projects, you know the safe house that as we have learned in the last couple of weeks is not yet ready to receive clients. They're not there yet. They're getting close. They're always getting close, so close, month after month, year after it's been what two years since the, the purchase of the property, where the safe house is supposed to exist, where you know the, the dream is the woman um, asking for a dollar, could, if she wants to, go out to this place and, and start a new life and get some tools and skills.
1: Well, what is medical that? Medical care. What does that look like? I guess it's different. Mm. I think every situation is unique. And so, what might fit one size does not fit all. So, what might work for one person isn't necessarily. That is true. What might work for someone else. And that's why we have skilled organizations who are able to do intake forms and connect people to resources that they need. And we appreciate them.
0: We do. Um, I am less appreciative of a really kind of weak distinction between the word rescue and the word respond. You know, I get there's a rhetorical effort being actually made. I'm actually
1: not sure what that means. I,
0: I don't on either. On a practical level. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think what we have here actually is a rescuer complex, um, sort of a savior Christian mentality that um, might might just run the risk of not having a best practices approach when it comes to working with this population.
1: And some people don't necessarily want to be saved.
0: This is also true.
1: Right. And so it's also, it comes, if one person is thinks of themselves as higher than someone else, then it disempowers the person that they're supposedly helping. Does that make sense? Because if there's not an equal playing field, it, we should be able to learn from everyone regardless so and of I, socioeconomic status or anything, yeah. right?
0: You and I ran across um, a young female client of one of our shelter facilities um, when we were uh, out sort of doing some, oh, some yeah. research. And it's, it's funny because the brief conversation we had, you and I both kind of sensed some of the red flags. I mean, she had lost services from the Johnson Street Shelter mm-hmm. um, because of disagreements with other female staff. Um, and then there was also an element of um, incarceration from a, a partner um, so, you know, you, you see some of those things and you're just like, you're not necessarily wanting to just extend like, Hey, you know, um, why don't you come home and we'll, we'll give you a, a safe place to stay for a couple nights. Mm-hmm. You don't do that kind of stuff.
1: No. And I think it's just, it's respecting where people are at because no one wants to look, be looked down upon.
0: Well, that, then that person, you know, we gave, we gave them some uh, perspective, mm-hmm. um, we got some perspective, and they seem pretty resources, able to survive. Yeah,
1: like directing them to appropriate resources. Mm-hmm. I think that's to another program that might meet the valuable. needs. valuable. Yeah, who have I mean even the liability insurance to even to even deal with those needs too.
0: Yeah, and I I didn't fret over if it was like before five p.m. or after five p.m. because. One of the things I came to understand is that people will overplay their needs sometimes to to try and get their needs met. It's not to say that there isn't a legitimate need, Mm -hmm. but there tends to be a lot more ability to survive than service providers oftentimes give some of the clients credit for. There's ability to pool resources, to be pretty creative. Um, I mean, I... There there was a woman I talked to once it was probably minus 15 minus 20 degrees and she stayed out all night. I'm like, "What did you do? Like how did you like live?" She stayed awake under a blanket with a candle. She had a candle yeah. burning and just stayed awake. She knew if she like if the candle went out and she fell asleep she might die. Yeah. You know, but it's just like wow. On that note,
1: well I have one other thought, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. So it's interesting because I'm wondering, like, what compels us, and I say that just as a broad blanket statement, to want to help in certain ways. And I think, like, for sure, if this is coming from a, a quote Christian perspective or whatever, then there's almost, like, this sense of duty or obligation to help your fellow man – and and like do something in, in in that way but i wonder like i've asked myself this question sometimes like t- to what degree is that born out of love for fellow people and how much of it is like duty or the sense of obligation that you if you see someone you have to do something because every situation is not the same and so, like, so, so the the call to action in this is like, don't just rescue, respond. And so, is that true in every circumstance, or is it true when when you feel called upon?
0: <laughs> well, tonight, before recording this, uh, I responded to an unsafe motorist. Um, one of my efforts was to call nine one one.
1: Rescue or respond. <laughs>
0: I almost probably needed rescuing myself, but um, the response I got from nine one one was less than satisfactory because they didn't want me to see where this individual was gonna like ultimately end up in terms of you know being off of the main road, going to the side street, um, going to the residence. But um, the Wally, the old man that was really unsafely driving a car that I think has a couple of wheels like out of line. Literally, the car would just start fishtailing. And I thought I was going to watch this guy go into head, like go into oncoming traffic and have some major uh, accident. But I I took some great footage of Wally. Um, His caretaker showed up um, as as Wally that apparently I think he was getting prescription medications. He actually had like a bag of like and he had a, um, a bandage on his nose. So he looked a little bit like a weird kind of caricature of some. Uh, it was it was it was silly.
1: So that's crazy because I, responded. I was truly in the middle of reading an article about Mineral County when you called and said that, and I genuinely thought you meant Wally Congdon. I was just reading about the sexual harassment of Mineral County, and you.
0: This this guy, this guy was much smaller than Wally. Okay. And I've been charged physically by Wally, like like oh. he was like a buffalo coming at me, and so much different person, but or,
1: or a Highlander.
0: Oh, Highlander cows! I know it's, it's great. We don't want to get into full review mode since this no, is only t- only Tuesday, but I do appreciate you helping me with the story helping me process this narrative yeah um, and I do need to now upload that video footage of a different Wally not the guy that loves Highlander cows um, but the dangerous motorist because Reserve Street is is a is a place we want to keep safe as well Kevin Davis of let's improve Reserve Street very passionate about Reserve Street I cannot wait to tell him about my borderline vigilante effort to to get a motorist Don't off do the streets. That.
1: Do not do vigilante (laughs) justice. You watch God's country. It doesn't work.
0: It doesn't work out good mostly, but tonight, you know, Wally's going to be thinking about our conversation.
1: Which one?
0: Just the old one in the car, not the old one that fell off a horse and loves cows. On that note, that will be the note that we conclude on. Thank you for listening to this special ZoomCron report. Uh, I have been your host, Travis Williams-Kink-Mateer, joined, as always, with Ali. Thank you. Thank you. Tune in on Sunday when we're going to get into the full review of all of the week's, most of the week's headlines, the local ones. Thank you so much. Good night.